Wipe Your Lens podcast aims to inspire and empower working moms, helping them find fulfillment and purpose and confidence through their photography side hustle. Whether you're just starting out or seeking guidance to take your existing photography business to the next level, this podcast will be your trusted companion, providing guidance and encouragement every step of the way. So get ready to unleash your creativity, embark on entrepreneurship while capturing beautiful moments with the blessings of strong faith, family, motherhood, and business ownership. So go charge those camera batteries, grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and your pen and paper, and let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Kim Stewart with Wipe Your Lens. And today we are on episode eight, tips and tricks for improving your photography skills. So when I tell people that I take at least one photo a day, it's not necessarily with my DSLR paparazzi camera. It's not with my good digital camera. It's most of the time on my cell phone camera. Um, I'm usually, I usually have my cell phone with me all the time. So it's usually on my cell phone that I'm taking a picture. And the reason why I love taking at least one picture, usually a lot more than that a day, it's that because no matter if it's my digital camera or my cell phone camera, I'm adjusting settings and it helps me improve my photography skills because I always, of course, wipe my lens, especially on your cell phone. I tell people if you wipe your lens, then your image is going to be 50% better anyway, because every day you put your cell phone down on the table, it gets dusty, um, you're picking it up with your hands and it gets fingerprints and oil from your fingers onto the lens and it has smudges on it. It looks like there's a foggy filter on your photos, just wiping it before you take an, a photo every time makes the image 50% better or more, 50% or more better than what it's gonna look like. It looks more crisp and clear. Just try it and see. Even if you just look into your um, phone, act like you're taking a picture and look at what it looks like and then wipe it real fast, wipe the lens and look at it again, you'll see much more clear. And of course, I always keep the lenses on my camera, always are wiped. I don't even let anybody touch them. Kids love to start grabbing for it towards your camera. I, I don't even let them get close to my lens to even, so I have to wipe it off, but I wipe it off constantly as well. And for your lenses, for your camera lenses, you can't wipe with, the, with your shirt like you can your camera lens, but your actual digital camera lenses, you have to use a cloth, the lens cloth that's made for cameras. So with that being said, I always compose my images by looking at my background, determining where my light is coming. Do I want the subject to be backlit or frontlit, which looks better because using a DSLR camera backlit, you can do that because you can always adjust post settings by making sure that your subject is lit. Um, on a cell phone camera, you can't necessarily do it as easily unless you put that image into your editing software, meaning you should, if you have an iPhone, always shoot in raw, just in case if you have to go ahead and put that image into your software. Of course, I had said before I use Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, and I could put that image in there and shooting in raw, even with your digital camera, should be a must. 
So here are some valuable tips that will help you enhance your photography skills with predominantly your DSLR. So first, know your camera settings. Familiarize yourself with all the features, all the buttons on your, your camera. You should know what it means and what it does. Now, I don't say or don't think you should go ahead and read the whole manual. I've tried to do that and it's not fun. It's very boring. But if I Google that actual feature or that button in Google, you could get a lot of good information and it'll even throw a YouTube video in there to show you the things that these buttons can do. Or you can go ahead and take my class, my digital camera class for $27 and learn all those things as well. Um, reading through the manual, uh, you can try to do that. And if you understand it and get the visual, then that's fine as well. And again, shoot in RAW. Whenever possible, shoot in RAW format. RAW files contain information that allow more flexibility when you're in your post-editing, um, when you're post-processing, and it gives such a better image quality. Even when you shoot and brawl on your iPhone, you can manipulate it, not really manipulate it, but edit it so much more easily without the nasty grain behind it. You'll have to really see it to, to know, but that's the same thing. Don't shoot in JPEG if you are using an editing system. Shoot in RAW on your camera. So next, understand exposure. You have to master and know how to use the exposure triangle, which is aperture, shutter speed, and ISO. Learn how they affect each other and how much they matter and learn how to balance that out. Using the right aperture affects the depth of field in your images. A wider aperture, meaning a lower f-stop, creates a shallow depth of field. So for portraits that you want that blurry, nice, creamy background, portraits for me, I always use a 50 lens. And you could usually the, the 50 lens goes to 1.2 or 1.4 aperture. That means for me, I think of it as the aperture is like your pupils. Think about it when you get your pupils dilated at the eye doctor you can't see anything you know everything looks blurry if you put something in front of your face that is focused because it's so close to your face but everything else in the background is blurry that's pretty much the same concept your aperture in your camera is wide open so keep that person or your subject that's in front of you focused but everything behind it the background will be nice and blurry and it just makes for a more appealing image to look at. So next is your shutter speed. Your shutter speed is based on motion pretty much. A faster shutter speed will freeze action. A slower shutter speed creates like a motion blur. So think of a shutter as like your eyelids when you blink. When you blink real fast, or if you blink slowly or don't blink at all and have the shutters open or your eyelids open, you're letting way more light into your camera or, you know, into your eyes and um, you get more, more blur. So I hope that makes sense. If you take my class, then it'll make a lot more sense. And we do some examples. But knowing those two things, for me, aperture and shutter speed are so key. And ISO, you can't forget ISO because ISO, I don't know if you remember back in the day when you used to have um, film 
and you always had to check the ISO. The ISO um, 100 would always be for outside and the ISO 400 would be indoor outdoor and the ISO 800 or whatever is uh, indoor only. So keep your ISO in check. The lower the ISO settings in well lit situation, the better because you'll have reduced noise in your images and noise just means that grain. So in low light conditions, sometimes you have no choice but to increase your ISO. Sometimes you, get, you have to go as high as it can go if you don't have a flash. So um, focus accurately. You wanna master your camera's autofocus system in the appropriate times. Some lenses I've learned on my newer cameras, some of my lenses I have to manually focus it. I don't like doing that. I would rather use the focus system on my camera, which when you press the shutter button down halfway, it'll start using the autofocus. You'll see, sometimes you'll see different dots where it's asking, you want me to focus here, here, here. And the more you kind of press up and down on your shutter button, it'll start focusing for you. And once you see your, the subject that you want in focus, then go ahead and press all the way down on that shutter button and it will have that subject in focus and everything else has a nice little blur to it and it really makes your images so much more appealing. So next tip is compose thoughtfully. When you take a photo, you have to pay attention to the background because that can make or break your photo. Even if you blur like something in the background that's like um, taking up the attention, I should say, or is just really annoying. That's what I say. Like sometimes when I'm shooting and there's somebody walking past in the background or they're even walking towards me, I see it immediately and I'm like, oh, either I move over or I wait for that person to pass. Uh, if I move over a little bit, I could get them out the shot because I don't want to have to Photoshop that person out or edit that person out all the time. That could become annoying if you do that. Like, oh, I'll just Photoshop it. Try not to think that. Try to think, let me get it right in camera first so I don't have to do so much editing later because that time on editing each photo builds up and it can um, take up more of your time. You can right there, just move over or just wait, take a different photo, get close up to them and then come back to that pose that you wanted and go ahead and take that shot without the person or whatever it is in the background. Because sometimes it'll be just something as like a super bright red flower or something that you just know that doesn't look right and it already takes your attention away while you're looking through the uh, viewfinder of your camera and you just don't want it in there. So don't let it be in the background at all. So pay attention to your background. Um, move in closer if you want to totally, you know, blur your background or you just don't want the background to be a factor coming closer to your subject and that'll remove all those things and make your background nice and blurred. So next is with composition, pay attention to rule of thirds, leading lines and symmetry. Do you want this, would this picture look the best with this person smack dab in the middle or your subject smack dab in the middle or off to the side, rule of thirds. Think of a tic-tac-toe uh, board and you have your subject on those cross lines on the end on the in kind of like in the corner upper corner or lower corner 
Do they look better and more appealing that way? Does the image look better that way? Think about that as you're taking the photo. You can always though, if you think, oh, I thought this person would look better in the middle, but then when you edit, you kind of crop them to the side and it looks better, go ahead and crop. But you don't wanna have to edit or crop all your photos. Try to take it how you want it to look post-editing, post-processing. Take it exactly how you want in the camera. Try your best. So do a little bit of both. Have your subject in the middle, have your subject to the side, take some leading lines and try to use leading lines like if they were positioned on a fence or even sitting on a bench, how can you use that leading line of the bench, the back of the bench going towards your subject? So have them sit all the way on the end of the bench and you're on the other side of the bench. Or if it's a fence, same thing. Have that leading line lead up to them. If they're on a road, Give them a little bit of distance so you can have that leading line lead up to them. It'll make your images more appealing and you can just experiment with it and see what you like the best because these are my preferences. This is what I think looks good. So experiment and practice and see what you like the best. Even utilize a tripod and a remote shutter release. If you can't find your subjects to do this on, take your own photos and see. It takes a little bit more time using a tripod and using the remote shutter, but it's so much fun because you have more patience with yourself than with other people because, or really they have, <laughs> a tripod has more patience than um, you. One time I actually found on Facebook Marketplace a mannequin and I loved it because I really, I never showed anybody those pictures. I actually used it for my dresses that I have, but um, I used that as my subject because I needed something that looked a little bit more lifelike i wasn't going to get like a a full mannequin but this was a mannequin just the the bust and the all the way to like mid thigh i guess um just to put clothes on it doesn't have a head or anything but i used that to play around with my lighting to practice um just like the rule of thirds and composing and things like that and getting my lighting right in my studio so sometimes you have to do that i used to use a chair but it wasn't giving me the full feeling of a person or a human or doing portraits. So you have to do what you have to do. And that's what I did. And my kids and husband, they are busy. They have things to do. They don't have time to sit there and do photo shoots with me all the time. And if they're not dressed up or look nice, they just really don't want to do it. So, and that's okay. But utilizing a tripod with your remote shutter, you can be in the photos and we all especially as entrepreneurs, photography entrepreneurs, we all need photos of ourselves. So you could do your own branding shoot, make it a whole thing, get some different outfits out, um, have your, you know, if you have more than one camera, have your camera ready or even holding your phone, your laptop, whatever it is, take some pictures of yourself using that, your tripod and a remote shutter release. You could grab one of those on Amazon and they are amazing. They really help and if you don't have the remote shutter and you don't have a tripod you can always set your camera up on something that's solid something that is you know reliable your camera's not going to fall off and use the timer i have my timer set for nine photos at one time nine photos with maybe two seconds in between each photo and you could get some good pictures it'll be a lot of photos but you could get some good pictures just by doing that. So you could start today. If you have your, your DSLR camera, you can start today, even using your cell phone. 
you can start today. I have a tutorial on my Instagram page and I'll tell you how to do it now. If you don't have a tripod for your cell phone camera, you can use a can of beans or whatever it is, a can of soup, tie a rubber band around the can of soup around your cell phone and have it facing you so that you can see the actual screen and put the timer on for um, there's a three second timer and I think a 10 second timer I don't remember because I don't use it that much anymore so you could use that and take some photos and you can compose and just have some photos of yourself for branding purposes because you are getting yourself out there very soon or right now anyway so that's a great idea that you can do today all right so back to these tips explore different lenses invest in various lenses not too many but just to expand your creative capabilities my first um, lens that i fell in love with is the 50 millimeter lens and it is amazing you will love it if you're doing portraits taking pictures of families or um, individuals you will love the 50 and it just gives such a nice aperture low f-stop and it's just amazing and they're very inexpensive you could get them for like under 150 dollars and cre create some amazing images with them um, next filters I don't use filters anymore but when I was first starting out I loved to try using different filters I had an end or I still have an ND filter actually I do use filters I use the polarizing filter all the time because it's like having the um, polarizing sunglasses where you can see so much better out in the Sun and it just gives you so many more colors and so much more um, depth and, and beauty pretty much with a polarizing filter so if you are shooting outdoor and in natural light definitely get a polarizing filter the ND filters I used to use when I would um, we have a little park that has a little waterfall and it just makes it look very smooth I would set my tripod up and have uh, the water just like look like a ribbon it was so cool but I don't do those type of landscape photos so I really don't use my ND filter at all but I was this is when I was starting off and I was new and I wanted to practice every type of photography there is just to get to know my camera better and just see what different things do so um, like I said get a polarizing filter if you do shoot outside I never even take it off shooting with the polarizing filter inside is fine but once you go outside you don't want to have to think about it go ahead and put that polarizing filter on and when you twist it around you can see the colors change in the in the viewfinder like if you want a little bit more blue or a little bit more yellow you can actually change it by twisting the polarizing filter once it's secured onto your lens you could twist it and actually see the colors change and it's so cool it's so cool once you pay attention to it and once you use it you won't want to change you won't want to take it off I promise it, with that being said I suggest on every single lens that you purchase put a filter on it anyway and let me tell you why I have um, sometimes they're just a regular glass filter oh man what's it called I can't even think about it but I'll 
I say it on maybe my Instagram or something, put a filter on it, whether it's a polarizing filter or I think it's called, oh man, I can't remember, but okay. Sorry about that. It is a uh, UV filter. <laughs> there it is. UV filter. Sorry about that. So UV filter, and that just protects your lens from the sun. I mean, like, like what it says, UV filter, which you'll need anyway, because you want to protect the insides of your camera from the sun. You should never shoot into the sun or towards the sun, just like you should never look at the sun with your eyes there. Your camera is just as delicate. So UV filter, make sure you have at least a UV filter. They're very inexpensive, under $10 on Amazon. Um, and let me tell you why, because one time I had gotten into the car really fast and I had my camera in my lens in my camera bag and I slammed the door shut it wasn't even a slam but I closed the door and I even heard a little crash you know what I mean and I had my cap on my lens even but because of the way the door hit the camera bag it just pushed the cap back onto the lens and it cracked my UV filter Luckily, it was just my UV filter because when I opened up my camera and took the lens off, I'm like, oh, no, my lens cracked. And I'm like, oh, it's just the filter. So I just took the filter off, threw it away and got a new filter for it. So remember that, because if you scratch that um, UV filter, it's nothing. Ten dollars compared to if you scratch the lens or or break the lens of your camera. Uh, yeah, that could be really bad and very expensive compared to a $10 UV filter. So, yeah. So speaking on lenses, the 85 lens is a really good one too. That one's a little bit more pricey. It's not that bad, but once you master and just fall in love with your 50, you might like the 85 too if you shoot outside a lot and you um, just love that blurry background. 85s work better with more than like three people when you're shooting even with one person the 50 is best for one person but it's best for single portraits and the 85 is for from to me families um not really beach sessions but outside they look really really nice you don't have to be that close to them but yet it just looks beautiful it makes the background really nice the 35 millimeter is good when you have um portraits as well it gives you a different a little bit of different look I'm learning to use both the 50 and 35 together um it I love it yeah I do you have to test them out to see what you like the best so that's um that so besides that pay attention to lighting practice different lighting like I said I had that <laughs> mannequin and I just practice different lighting do I like more in studio backlit photos or front lit photos or you know having both you have to kind of see what your preference is there are a whole bunch of setups that people use and that you can look up I really don't have the answer because to me it's about preference when you're outside I like to find locations that I've shot at before if it's a place that I haven't that my clients want to be at then I'll go out there ahead of time or you know days before just to see at that particular time how is the light hitting everything where am I going to have my subjects um, how are we going to do this so all my questionnaires I always ask my clients where do you want your photo shoot I have a home studio I have um, these 
the beach sessions that I do. I have them here. We have these different parks that I'm used to. When it's somewhere new, I need to go ahead and, and locate and scout that place out to see where I want them to be, right? So, so next best thing to um, experiment and expand your photography skills is to post process. It's so good. You have to pretty much have editing software. Like I said, I use Lightroom and Lightroom is a software that you pay monthly. I think it's $10 a month and it comes with Photoshop and it's just the best. You have to use some type of photo editing software to post process and get all the colors and be to, to be able to be more creative and have your images look professional it's essential to just make your photos look next level like they're not coming straight out of camera like they're not coming out of your camera phone but it's nice to make them look next level without over editing so i used to have the habit when first you know first starting out like wow look at all what i'm capable of doing i could do this i could do that and i will over edit and everything looks so fake so filtered and you don't want to aim for that you want to aim for a natural look that just enhances the images enhances what people have going on already what your clients look like you're just enhancing it and bringing out the beauty i love that behind the scenes work when i get done with the photo shoot the first thing i do is download all the images so that I can see them and I'm smiling my husband always says why are you smiling like that I just get so excited with the editing part because you just bring out so much um, beauty when you're editing things that you didn't even see well usually you see but your camera just doesn't see and doesn't pick it up but you could bring all those colors out and all that beauty out so that's really good so the next tip is to learn from others I love listening to podcasts because I love to learn from others and see what their tips and tricks are and see what they do. This is always a learning process. I'm still learning. I'm just telling everybody or telling you all what it is that I've learned and what I do because I know it's so essential for people that are starting off. I am thankful that I had that when I started off because when you're starting off a new journey, especially in entrepreneurship, not all your friends, family, and people that you know are doing the same thing it feels a little bit lonely and with that being said I want to talk about community and the power of community like I said as entrepreneurs we sometimes feel alone when you have your own business you feel alone because it's like who else is going through this who else can I talk to about what it is that I'm going through so that's why I have finally launched my Facebook community the wipe your lens Facebook community so if you feel that you just want somebody to throw ideas at or excuse me just talk to about starting off your photography business or you're in your photography business some things that you want to do or want to think about doing you can ask or talk about it with other people that have done it as well so that is it's in the show notes you can go ahead and press the link to join the Facebook um, community it's free and ask questions be involved you'll learn so much and it's one thing to just you know troll the group and just look at everything but be an active participant that's where you'll really really learn so going back to my last tip practice 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 like any skill photography is one that it's always a learning curve always a learning process like I said I'm still learning I don't have all the answers there's so many things 
that I can still learn and I'm trying to learn. I still take courses. I still take classes. I still am in workshops to learn more so that I can just um, increase my creativity and expand my photography skills. So make sure you learn from others and even look at their other people's photography. Of course, you want your photography to be your own, but you can see how other people do things and how their images look and kind of see like, do I like that or do I like this? And how is it that I want my images to look so that when somebody, somebody sees your image, they say, oh, yeah, that's a Kim Stewart photo. They know it. So practice, practice, learn from others. Take your camera everywhere. That's what I did in the beginning. I took it everywhere I went and I was always taking photos. And if you can't take your camera everywhere, because sometimes, yeah, they're bigger, they're in the way, grab a smaller camera bag. Buy a smaller camera bag so you can just take your camera with that one lens on it. The 50 is great because it's really small. And go ahead and take it with you everywhere you go and just practice. Just take simple pictures. What I did, especially once I got that 50, I... And I want you to do this and, and tag me when you do it, if you post your images or just send me a message if you do this, because I would love to see how it went. Just take a picture of one thing in your house. I chose, um, it wasn't a doorknob, it was a cabinet, um, you know, the knob, I guess, the cabinet knob in, my, in our bathroom. Try to take as many photos and different angles that you can of this doorknob. Take a picture in front of it, to the side of it, with the cabinet a little bit open, shoot it from above, shoot it from below, all these different angles. With that 50 or whatever lens that you have, changing the aperture, the shutter speed, um, not really the ISO, you wanna keep the ISO in one spot because you wanna keep it as low as possible, but go ahead and shoot it in different ways and see how mesmerizing that is. Just, and I went back and actually looked at those images that I took a long time ago, and it was amazing. Just like, wow. So think of it, the subject is that knob, is the knob to the cabinet or the doorknob. How many ways can you, when, you, when you're in your uh, photo shoot, capture a subject and they're not even moving? They're in one spot, you are doing all the moving and catching all the different angles and you just made that doorknob so interesting so you could do this you got this okay all right that's a wrap for this episode of wipe your lens i hope you found it insightful and inspiring remember as a working mom with a passion for photography you have the power to capture incredible moments and build a purposeful business don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay tuned on future episodes filled with even more valuable content if you enjoyed this episode, I truly appreciate it if you could leave a review and share the podcast with other moms who aspire to turn their love for photography into a rewarding career. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams, wiping your lens, and capturing the world through your unique perspective. You got this, sis.